When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, guys, we're back from that quick break. And, Nick, let's dive into uh, the defensive side of the football. And, and we know that the Broncos, the, the injury list has, has piled up the last couple weeks. But one guy that they are, at least it, it looks like they're getting back this week, uh, is Pro Bowl safety, all pro safety, Justin Simmons. Uh, obviously, this is I would I would say this is a good thing for the Broncos. I know Caden Stearns has been playing really good football, and we can dive into maybe where you fit Caden Stearns into the the rotation now. But Nick, what what is just your reaction to to getting Justin Simmons back? What does that do for this defense? I mean, it's perfect to have him back, especially Monday Night Football, and you're playing against a, a division rival in the Chargers. And once again, when you look at the division. The Broncos are already down 0-1 to the Raiders. You don't want to go 0-2 in this division. Uh, and you need a boost of confidence. And having Simmons comes coming back, that, that's uh, that's something that should boost the confidence for, for the defense. But the, but the, here's the issue uh, with Simmons returning. It's great that he is, but you just mentioned that Caden Stearns has been playing well. So how do you get both of those guys on the field? I mean, you're happy Simmons is back. But now, do you kind of push Caden to the back burner? Even though he, you know, he played, he had a great game against against the Colts. Yeah. Well, here's my here's my idea, Nick. And you know, you know the defense better than I do. And if guys can do something like this, but my theory is you lose Ronald Darby, right? And uh, you you need a corner. Could they technically move Kwan Williams? outside and he's been really good inside so i don't know if i'd actually do this but i was just thinking out loud the other day move k1 outside and say hey kaden can you play the nickel because i do think kaden has played really well and we've seen him play you know in the slot before at the dime some but i was thinking they could do that maybe they could do three high safeties um you know i don't, I don't know and and with josie jewel being hurt do you take him off the, do you take, you know, do you have just one inside linebacker out there and you play more DBs and you, you get Caden on the field? I don't know, but they need to find a way to get Caden out there. And I don't think the solution is taking Kareem Jackson off the field as much as people are like, Hey, well, Kareem Jackson is old and he's, you know, you know, on his last year or whatever, Kareem's still playing good football. Like I don't think you want to take Kareem off the field either. Uh, so I, I don't know what the solution is, but those are some of the things that I was running through my head is like, well, could Caden play the nickel? Could he come in and play a third safety? Could you change up what you're doing schematically 
in terms of how many linebackers you have out there. I don't know, but what do you think they could do? And am I an idiot for suggesting those type of ideas? Well, no, you're not, you're not an idiot. I mean, that's the whole part of this process trying to figure out what's the, the, the best mix and the best fit. I mean, also think about this, Michael Jamudia should be back as well. So it's almost like perfect timing. And, And as a coach, you love to have these problems, right? Well, who am I going to put here and how am I going to make it work and how am I going to get this guy uh, reps? But now I, I will disagree with you as far as putting Kingwon Williams outside. That That's not where he flourishes. He flourishes in that nickel spot because he has uh, defenders all around him that, that are bookends, guys outside of him, guys inside of him. And then also Kingwon is dealing with somewhat of a risk it, uh, issue and he had this kind yeah. of like uh, lollipop, you know, uh, cast on his hands. So he's best fitted to be sitting in that nickel position. So what I think you do is with Ronald Darby being out, Demar Mathis gives you an option at the corner position. You still have Michael Ojemudia that you can work in. But you mentioned the fact that Josie Jewell uh, will, will not be up due to his uh, lower leg extremity injuries. So now what you do, you can run one linebacker. You can run Alex Singleton as your, your Mike linebacker. He's your green dot guy. You can bring Caden Stearns and you can put him in the box because you go back and you go you go back to that Thursday night game. The play that he made, that's similar uh, similar type of play that you would make from a linebacker position, dropping to your landmark, covering guy, giving him to some, passing him off to someone else, and being right in that quarterback uh, passing window. You can show him that he can definitely do that. The other way you can do it, I mean, Justin Simmons is coming back. Simmons has played in the box as well. You can bring him down in, in the box. So, so there's a multitude of ways that, you know, Jira Evero can use these guys. So it's not one of these things where now Justin's coming back. Now you have to sit Kareem because Caden's playing well, or you have to sit Caden. Now you, you have a multitude of things that you can throw at this Chargers uh, offense that can kind of keep them off balance. Because when you have five DBs, that's nickel. Six, that's Don. And then seven DBs, that's dollar. So once again, it's not an ideal situation that you want to go to all the time, but it gives you options as far as what you can do with your defensive players. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Evero does because he does have what seems to be a lot of options. Uh, I mean, we even saw against the Colts where they took out all their inside linebackers and they had Baron Browning playing this like roaming, you know, linebacker. Is he going to rush? Is he going to spy? What's he going to do? So it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what they do because they also have PJ Lockback who was playing some dime uh, when Justin was hurt and Caden was at safety so and he was playing good like he was playing good football so I, I wonder how they're going to mix all those guys in there I did want to ask Nick with with Darby out do you have a preference between uh, Michael Ojemudia or or Damari Mathis coming in to fill that role because it seems like that's it's going to be one of those two guys that comes in and fills in at that, that corner spot. Do, do you have one that you're like, Hey, that guy's shown me more. I mean, obviously Ojemudi has more experience. Has played, you know, played quite a bit in the league um, over the last couple of years. Now, obviously Mathis is a rookie still learning, but it seems like he's made some plays in the few games that he's been in there. Well, for me, I would go with Demario Mathis because I mean, Michael Ojemudi has been out since preseason. Yeah. So he's got to work himself back into this lineup from a conditioning standpoint. And then it's all about uh, chemistry on the defensive side of the ball. 
Uh, Demari Mathers, I mean, yes, he's still learning the game and it's going to be uh, somewhat of a process. But right now, to me, he's probably the better fit guy to go in and, and play. And listen, if he's not hitting the mark and he's uh, making some mistakes, he's missing tackles, you can always go to uh, Michael Ojemudia. But right now, you go out of the gate with Demari Mathis because when you start a game and you're a young player, that 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 boost of confidence is right there, and is, that's exactly what you need. But if they go Michael Ojemudia and then they go Demari Mathis, not saying that he won't be able to go in and play well, but then now it's just like, oh, well, my confidence level, I have to make a couple of plays to get into some of a rhythm and some of a flow. But this is a problem that you would love to have. I mean, obviously, having Darby would be great because I thought he was playing well. But knowing as though you have other guys waiting in the wings that you can put out there, that's a luxury that not too many people's have, not, not too many teams have, George. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that they have some options there. I also think I, I would roll with Mathis just because of Ojemudia's injury. Um, and also, I think Mathis has played well. I mean, I think he deserves the opportunity to prove himself and go out there and make some plays. So uh, I, I, th- I think that's what they'll do. I don't know. I think the other day at practice, Mathis was on the side field. So maybe he's going through a little bit of an injury, too. Um, so I, I'm not sure what they'll end up doing there, but they do have some options. Uh, Nick, let's dive in, though, to this Chargers offense and, and talk about how the Broncos can maybe slow them down. Uh, they're ranked, uh, I think, right here, ninth in scoring offense this year, 24.4 points per game. I believe that's the highest the Broncos have faced. Oh, no, Vegas is, is 25 points per game, so at, they're right above the Chargers. But this is a, this is a good offense. Uh, when, they're, when they're on, they're on. And obviously Justin Herbert's a guy uh, that, that can do a lot of different things. He has some weapons, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, what do you see that stands out about this Chargers offense? And, and what what maybe advantages do the Broncos have defensively against this Chargers team? Well, one, this Chargers team was uh, near the bottom of the league as far as uh, rushing the ball. And it yeah. wasn't until last week against the Cleveland Browns that they changed that with a couple of runs from Austin Eckler. So we know that they want to run the ball. There's a lot of play action. They have a lot of movement. They know how to attack your, your linebackers. Uh, Keenan Allen has been out uh, with a hamstring injury. So the big play guy was uh, Mike Mike Williams, and he's a big body type of guy. So I see, once again, uh, PS2 probably being a guy that follow, follows him around. But this is the offense, like you said, they can score points. And when you look within our division, that, that's a problem for, for the Broncos. I mean, they have a lot of explosive plays, and I think they may be ranked eight in NFL as far as explosive plays. But they don't move the ball well on third down because they're always behind the chains. And then in red zone, we know what that looks like. So this is going to be a challenge for the team as a whole. But this is where the Broncos defense can help out the offense by trying to neutralize uh, Justin Herbert. And if you go back and watch that Cleveland Browns game, you know, some of those runs that Austin Eckler had, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he, he's a great running back. He, he's low center of gravity. It's hard to see him sometimes. But it was because the Cleveland Brown defenders were not in their 
run gaps. And when you do that, you make it easier for, you know, guys like Austin Eckler. So the Broncos rush defense with the exception of Josh Jacobs in that Vegas game, they've done a great job. So they have to get back to basics, knowing where every guy needs to fit up on the run. And if they're able to do that, now you force uh, Herbert to now be an exceptional passer, which he is. But once again, when you don't have weapons at your disposal as a quarterback, sometimes you struggle. And by the way, I mean, they have some problems on their offensive line, that being the Chargers. They have two rookies, one at their left left tackle and one at their right guard. So you're hoping that you can exploit that and take advantage of it and put more pressure on Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think the biggest advantage for the Broncos here is their their uh, their front four, front five, however many guys they're rushing. Uh, I think you're right. The, the offensive line has some issues for the Chargers. Obviously, you know, losing Slater for the year uh, is a big loss for them. And I think Bradley Chubb, is a guy, I mean, he's playing phenomenal right now, and I feel like he could maybe get after Herbert a little bit um, and obviously slow down that run game, like you said. I did want to ask about Austin Eckler, Nick. When, when you look at him as a defender, what makes him so difficult to defend out of the backfield? Because I think he is arguably the best in the league in terms of, you know, when he catches a pass, maybe it's a swing pass or maybe it's a little pass two, three yards down the field, and he just takes it and goes. What makes him so hard to match up? Is it an issue of like, hey, we got a uh, you know a middle linebacker on him, and Eckler's just so much faster than that. Like, how do you match up with that guy, and why is he so effective at being a guy out of the backfield? The the reason George he's so effective is that low center of gravity, and yeah. just remember this: that, that football is a game of uh, mathematics. It's, it's a game of angles, and you have to understand angles, and you have to understand when you're facing certain running backs, the things that they try to do. And when I think about Austin Eckler. He reminds me of a combination of two guys, Darren Sproles and LaDainian Thomason, both great backs. And, and there are nightmares when you try to tackle them in open field. And that's what he does. He does a great job of setting up defenders. And what I mean by that is like if he's running outside, instead of looking where he wants to go, he looks outside. So you're thinking, OK, well, that's where he's trying to go. So you're trying to beat him to the point of attack. And then he puts his foot in the ground and he cuts back across your face. And and that low center of gravity and that change of direction is something that definitely suits him. And I know most people look at him and say, man, this is a small back. Oh, I'm going to grab him. I'm going to throw him on the ground. That's what you think. But he's got that excellent combination of of speed and that lower body strength. And and this is where, you know, that making that uh, kind of simulation between uh, both he and Darren Sproles, this is where Sproles was great in that Chargers uh, offense back in the day when I played him. And this is why Austin Eckler excels. And with him having that low center of gravity, you can't see him. You know, you, you find defenders kind of looking and trying to find him. And then, boom, there he is. And he runs right past you. But this is why the linebackers, the safety, the, the D linemen, they have to maintain their gap. I don't want guys kind of looking and trying to shed. No, if you're supposed to be in the A gap, be in the A gap. Because the worst thing you can do against this guy have two players in the same gap and he's going to find the crease. And then now he's hitting his head on goalposts. Yeah. He reminds me of like Sonic, the hedgehog, you know, where he like, like turns into that little ball and just like flashes and he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what he reminds me of. Like you don't expect it. And then he just like turns into something different and just, is just an animal. So I, I think he's, he's a really good football player, obviously uh, a local guy here. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see, how they approach that. Do you think I could tackle Austin Eckler? I know you said I couldn't tackle Javante Williams. Do you think I could tackle Austin Eckler? 
Uh, like the answer to the Javante uh, question, no and no again. Now, now you in your mind, I know you tell yourself that, you know, hey, I can do that. And, and I love that. I love the confidence that you display, George. But in reality, right? No, no. And, and think about this. You know how you like to blank out and forget things, right? So I would hate for you to be in that position where that guy gives you the business and you forget. I'm like, nope, I got it right here on my phone. Thank you, yeah. George. Yeah, I'll definitely black out when I try to do that. Uh, maybe I'll pitch that to Nathaniel Hackett today. Say, hey, uh, let me play middle linebacker this week and I'll, I'll cover off Snuckler. Uh Nick, Nick, let's take another quick break and then we'll dive into some of the uh, Broncos offense and, and specifically that offensive line. 